Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Texas Private School Podcast. I, yet again, am one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. I'm joined by my good friends, Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder. Guys, how are y'all doing this fine Tuesday afternoon? I had to check the phone there real quick. <laughs> yeah, I did. See, 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 what, see what day of the week it is? My bad. Yeah, I'm doing good, doing good. Walker, um, how are you looking? Doing good. Great day. Can't complain. Almost Christmas time, so. Exactly. Exactly. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And it was the most wonderful time of the year for a few, uh, for two select teams that we will look into that won state championships in TAPS. But before we get there, we'll look at our pick records over the past three weeks. And at the, we have a tie for first out of the top three guys, Walker, Ryan, and Texas private school football guy went 16 and four. I finished slightly behind them going 15 and five. So, you know, I occupy the lone seller spot, but I'll take it. 15 and five is not a bad record. Uh, congratulations to you three for tying it first and beating me out. But yet again, like I've been a broken record and saying, uh, we did pretty well with all of our picks. So it gives us some credibility as to our knowledge on these teams. However, there was one game that we all got horribly, and I mean horribly wrong, not necessarily by us, like the score-wise, but it's a team that I more than anyone have been high on all year because I've seen them, I've played them all in high school and I've watched them this year. And I think I kind of drug Walker and Ryan along this path with, with me, whether that be uh, voluntarily or by force. And that was Dallas Christian and Austin Regents. And I mean, listen to me, this has to be without a doubt the upset of the year in Division Two, and probably the upset of the year in all of TAPS, maybe foreseeing that Pantigo loss. But looking at this game, D.C. outgained Regents 440 to 184 in total yards and forced five turnovers. Listen to me, when you see that kind of stark difference in yards gained, you rarely ever see a team lose However, that was simply the case here. Uh, and critical Dallas Christian turnovers and going 0 for 4 in the red zone is ultimately what cost the Chargers a state championship. However, the defining moment from this game came when D.C. held the ball at midfield with 15 seconds remaining, with the game tied at 20. And, you know, looking back on it, whether this was a good decision or not, they decided to try to heave the ball deep and score and win the game where quarterback T.J. King threw an interception to Benedict Burkell, who ran the ball back 70 yards for a walk-off pick six. And that literally is the moment that every kid dreams of growing up in their backyard. I guarantee it, all three of us and every person that's grown up with a football has acted out that moment in its entirety. And it's something, I mean, it's literally, you couldn't write a better ending for a state championship. You have regents who everyone thought was going to lose to D.C., including the three of us, just walk off on a pick six and upset Dallas Christian. Uh, Walker, I'll start with you. I mean, how did how did we blow this? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it was just shocking, like, for all of us, you know. I You know, like – I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, two guys from Austin Regents, you know, talking to them, you know. And for those guys, I think I was doing uh, – when I was prepping for my interview with them, I was looking into it. And I think we forget – like, we know we talk about how good Austin Regents is, but we need to remember how good they've been there for a while. And so, you know, from 16 – this is like from – like, for the past five years, you know, in 16, 17 – 
They were 13-1. They lost to Grapevine Faith in double overtime in the state championship. They outscored their opponents 577-160. to 17-18. 13-1 again, lost to Cedar Hill. They outscored their opponents then 537-161. to 18-19, 11-2. Another loss to Cedar Hill in the state championship and one other loss to San Antonio Central Catholic. But they outscored their opponents again 453-188. to 188. Another 19-20, another loss to Cedar Hill in the state championship, and another loss to Fort Worth All Saints. And they outscored their opponents that year, 502 to 151. And then this year, finally, 10-0, and they outscored their opponents 451 to 104. For the past five years, that was straight dominance. And we always talked about how Dallas Christian, you know, was the one just like them, you know, was the one Cedar Hill had they couldn't get past Cedar Hill. And, you know, we talked about the revenge that they wanted to have this year. I don't think there was anyone else besides them in regions for the past five years have had to go against a double overtime thriller loss to doubt, uh, to Deuce Hogan's freshman year at Grapevine Faith and then Trinity Christian Cedar Hill three straight years. Just knowing, like, it's not going to be great at the end. And finally, like, I was interviewing, and like, you know, I asked him, I was like, did you think this year, like, this is our year? Like, it's finally, like, with them gone, like, all right, this is our time. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we kind of forgot, you know, how, like, motivated this team was. Because you have to think, those seniors have lost three straight state championships against one team, and they were finally ready to go and be like, all right, this is our time. And, I mean – I, I think we just really underestimated them. I think everyone in the media did too. Um, but you just have to respect that. You talked over it and showed how dominant they were um, and just how important that that this, that defense and those errors that Dallas Christian made to win that game. I mean, that's just heart. You know, they never gave up to the very, very end. The heart they played with, the passion they played with um, – I was just very impressed. And I think that's the biggest thing you, I remember like, I remember they kept chirping us in the comments and all that, those guys from Regents. And I I really said, I said to one of them, you know, hats off to you for shocking the world. And that's what they did. And I think that's the South, like, you know, the South mentality is, you know, they don't get a lot of, you know, the publicity, but they're, they're just as talented as them. They've been talented for the past five years and they're finally ready to go. So I just want to say proud of them, you know, hats off to them for shocking us and shocking the world. Oh, without a doubt. I made sure not to look at any comments on anything after Regents won because I just knew we were going to get flamed everywhere, especially me, because this is the second week in a row that I that I picked against Regents. And I, I, I it doesn't look it didn't turn out too well for me, as everyone can tell. Yeah, was, I, I said it was a 20 point spread. Oh, yeah. Your spread was higher than mine. So, I mean, I was very wrong. So, I mean, yeah. You know, it is what it is, but I do want to say congratulations to Regents. I mean, that that is something that they did that no one thought they could do. And so that would mean that this senior class uh, made state every year that they played football and they finally won it this year. That's just, that's a storybook ending. You got to really feel for them. Uh, Ryan, what did you take away from this game? Because there's a lot to take away. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I've been looking through the max prep thing because I wanted to look up some stats this game that I didn't know off rip. So, but I ended up going down a rabbit hole of just I wanted to see what the the score tracker said for Max Preps, the guy that was like you know doing the the scoring during the game, whatever. Because I've done that for you know my school a couple times. Oh yeah. 
and and and, and, and you know it's something that we, I think we I think we've all done. But uh, the, so the interface, if if you if you've never done it, the interface is really um, it's it's pretty actually pretty good if I'm being honest. Like there's a lot of it it, it sets you up perfectly fine. Well. It's very funny how the ending is because if you were just like if you were somewhere where you couldn't look at a live stream or couldn't look at anything, he the, the guy goes, yeah, um, one oh three left, uh, fourth and one, okay, first and ten, okay, wow, okay, uh, well, less than a minute to play, yeah, pick six, uh, seventy yard return. You're like, huh? Well, what just happened? What you, what what am I looking at? Because that's all that's all you see is just like you know normal drive down the field, and then you just see a pick six, seventy yard return, game over, and you're like, huh? But no, it is cool. I think I think like y'all said, it's a storybook ending, and yeah, I don't know if anyone could have expected this, guys. I I am a big big fan of you know of this DC offense. I thought this DC offense was quite literally one of the best things I've seen. Like I've said multiple times, I said that this DC offense was filled with talent, filled with absolute guys that, you know, that showed to me that they were, you know, that they were good backs. I'm going to be completely honest. Sean Coleman is one guy that I I thought highly of the entire year. And I thought that he was going to be him and TJ King were going to be the ones to lead that offense all the way into, you know, Maybe not. I didn't. Okay. Maybe I didn't say 20 point. I don't know if I agree with the 20 point victory, but I still definitely thought up there that it was going to be a big win or not maybe a big one, but there was still going to be a win. And I just think that I was wrong as well. I, I don't even know. We, we, if I'm being completely honest, we're all, we're, I mean, you know, let's go West is from the East, but you know, me and Walker are, are North, North kids like, right. So we're from the Northern side we always, you know, we always never really played regions back in the day. We never really played regions in high school. We don't know how the Southern kids work to, to an extent, to an extent. And so it was kind of crazy to see them actually turn on the jets, you know, especially when they had all this, you know, uh, built up anger in them for like, you know, uh, everybody against them. So that was cool to see that they just, you know, flipped the script and all that and were able to pounce, I guess, on the fact that everyone was against them. So. Yeah, that's how it is. And that's how it's traditionally been in taps. And I think there's a concentration. There's a higher concentration of talent in the North region relative to the South. So it's easier to gauge from an outsider perspective, how good these North teams are relative to the South. Cause we've mentioned the big four uh, teams in the South region. I think it's really the big two. I think it's Austin regions and Houston second Baptist and everyone else is really not on their playing field. And I think you always know Regents and Second Baptist are going to be good, but you don't really know how good they are relative to the North. And that was evident going into the state championship game. I mean, obviously, D.C. played really well, but Regents was just better than them this year. And that showed very evidently. But a key reason for Regents being better than D.C. and winning this game was actually head coach Tim Phillips and quarterback Drew Dickey, who Walker actually had the pleasure of interviewing. So we'll actually roll that now. All right. Hello. I'm here with the head coach of Regents School of Austin, Tim Phillips, and class of 2022, starting quarterback Drew Dickey. I uh, appreciate y'all coming on the podcast here this morning. Uh, just to start, it up, to start us off, you know, how does it finally feel to say that Austin Regents are state champions? Like, uh, Phillips, I'll start with you. You know, how does it finally feel after a while getting there? Yeah, it feels good. You know, we had a, you know, we obviously know we went four years in a row without winning, um, and that was frustrating. But 
um, you know, we, we knew we had a good team. The last three years, we really, in big picture, didn't have much of a shot because the teams we were playing, the team we were playing. Um, the first year, we didn't realize then, um, we had, you know, we went double overtime and lost, and that you have to come back to back to back three losses. So this one was sweet. I mean, it was great for the kids. They had, a, they were on a mission, and uh, it's easy to coach them to that. Yeah. So Drew, you know, add on to that. You know, when Ben Burkle did that last 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 second interception, like, what was that team's like? How what was your feelings? What were your emotions when that when he was running down the field, like knowing like this is it, like this is the game. Um, you know, I, I'd just say pure joy and pure excitement. Um, it was just crazy for it to end that way. Um, you know, but I was just so happy. And when, uh, when Ben was running down the field, you know, I knew he was going to score. And, uh, you know, as soon as he caught it, yeah, I, I knew he had a chance to score. And I mean, for it to end that way, it kind of just shows our persistence um, throughout these last four years, you know. We just want to get it done right there. But, you know, there was never a doubt that we were going to win that game. So for it to end that way, it kind of just shows um, our persistence uh, and our resilience to come and get that state ring. Oh, for sure. So, you know, just talk to me about the game. You know, what was y'all's mindset going to this game? You know, Coach, you can go first. But, you know, for like for all of us, you know, you proved, like especially us on the podcast, you you proved us all wrong, you know. Because for us, you know, all of our teams that we went to were up in Dallas, you know, and we just saw Dallas Christian just beat the brakes off of them every single week. So we was kind of, we were just like, all right, like that's how it's going to be. But, you know, you proved everyone is wrong. You know, what was that like mindset? Because, you know, like state championships, you know, had to play a tough team every year. And now like you're going to have to play a tough team again. And it's really strong defense, you know, Drew, for you because y'all's offense were really great. You know, the least amount of points you've put up all season at 38 and, you know, finally having it like maybe a tough defense that you finally like had to really defend. So coach, like just talk about your mindset going into this game. Yeah. So I think the big thing for us was, um, I mean, there was, a, you know, you could, you could do the math pretty easily and say it was a good chance we're going to end up playing Dallas Christian. Um, odds are, I mean, we still, we had to beat a couple of really good teams uh, with Fort Bend and then go back and beat uh uh, second Baptist as well, but you know we started figuring out pretty early that if we played, got improved, and, and got to that spot, that's who we we're going to beat. Um, I think our kids knew that without us saying it, and so you know we locked in early on. And you know this this season was crazy with all this COVID stuff and starting late and saying games canceled and extra week of playoffs. And we, at one point we'd practice, we'd been out there twelve weeks and we had six games, and so it just was so different than anything. Uh, I would imagine, but they, our kids really did. They, they, our senior class was phenomenal. Um, they really had purpose, and it was, you know, we're going to win this thing, and there's nothing going to stop us. And I think, you know, when the second Baptist game, and we made a couple, they got close to us, and we made a couple big plays. That at that point for me, I mean, we, I mean in my mind, we're going to win this thing based on that how we reacted. That's what I didn't know. I didn't know how we react. How we react? Would we flinch, or would we just, you know, keep going? And we just, we just got better when we got when it got tighter. Yeah, Drew, you want to add on to any of that? Uh, I mean, I think he covered it pretty well. Is is it the question just kind of like the way? Just like, yeah, um, what's your mindset? What was your mindset going into this game? Like, and then, like, how do you think the game went? Uh, yeah, my mindset going into the game, um, I was going to try not to do too much. I know because we have a lot of good players around us. 
Um, we were going to trust in the game plan that our coaches put together all week. We watched a lot of film on these guys, um, and we were just going to try to we, – we are trying to be us because we were trying to know who we are. Right. Um, and we know that if we just play like we, know, we, all, like we always do and never flinch when adversity comes, uh, we're, we're going to get the job done. So, right. yeah. That's awesome. You know, great answer. Uh, so, you know, I was like – for a guy, you know, from a guy who, you know, he's been up in DFW his whole life, you know, always knew of Regents – like how dominant y'all were, at least for the past five years. And I was really looking into it last night. And there was never a time that you didn't, like, like for the, since 16, 17, you know, 13 and 1, 13 and 1, 11 and 2, 11 and 2, and then 10 and 0 this year. And just looking at the, like, the scoring difference every year, y'all's offense, y'all, you've always been dominant down in the South. But, you know, with, you know, the team that y'all have had to play the past three years in Cedar Hill, which, you know, a lot of people have a lot of strong emotions about, uh, you know, having the, that team go away, was it like, did y'all kind of like feel like it, this, it's, this is like finally ours to get? Like, I mean, you know, that like that mindset of like, all right, it, it's, it's our time now. Like, and I think that was something that, you know, we always talked about, like, as Dallas Christian was in the same district as Cedar Hill. And, you know, we always talked about, all right, this is their time. But we kind of, like, forgot, like, how y'all went there for the past four years and y'all were this close. But, like, was it, fun, like, that feeling of, all right, this is finally ours? Yeah, I, I think that's I – that, yeah, I think that was it. I think that's – you know, our kids have been in that stadium four times. You know, it's the fifth time. Um, they've been on that turf. They've been in that locker room. Um, and Dallas Christian, I mean, they, they kind of went through the same thing we did just a week earlier for, for three years. Um, right. And probably more frustrating, it was in their league. It was playing twice and just got more frustrating. But I think for us, you know, knowing we'd been there, um, you know, we lost some really good players off our team last year. We had we had four kids that you know, were Division One players that, that were right. off of that team. And so we just, you know, I, I don't know that we were as talented this year as we were in the last year, I mean, across the board, but I don't know that, you know, it's just, but as a team, we were just better, and that kids are determined, and so you could tell it early, early on, and I think, um, you know, I think that we talked to our kids about it, so, you know, just because they haven't got to the championship game doesn't mean they don't feel any different than we do. They feel like one team cost them, um, right. and, and, you know, the other thing we talked about to our kids was, you know, it's been 21 years since somebody from, from uh, the South has won that game. And so uh, I think it was 1999, second Baptist one. So for us to, you know, it was going to take a, a yeoman's task to, to beat them. And we knew that we, we were underdogs, but I don't think, I, I mean, I kept telling the kids, we're going to go to the wire in this game and um, to prepare for it. It's going to go to the last second. And, and, and not, you know, you just to say that in kind of terms, not that you actually think it's going to go to the last second right. like it did, but that's, we prepared for that. Yeah, Drew, to kind of like change the question a little bit, you know, having a guy, you know, he, he kind of sticking over the starting job this year and having to like wait for the past couple of years behind that, you know, Wilson Long, who was there last year, you know, like you, it's your, it was your team, you know, to leave finally this year. But I mean, um, what was your mindset? Like having how the results were in the past couple of years, we were like, all right, this is my time. Let me, let me go take care of business. Uh, yeah, you know, the program has done a great job of preparing me um, my last two years being a backup, and I really felt ready this year, and definitely uh, the way things were this year, the way every, everything turned out, 
there was definitely a sense of, okay, we're going to be able to do this. We're confident as a team that, that we can get there and get it done this year. So, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So, um, Drew, simple question, you know, uh, you took over, like, saying a little, like I just talked about, you know, you took over from, a, like, a talented quarterback in Wilson Long last year. You know, what was something you, like, what, what was something you learned from him that you took into this year with it being your team to lead? Um, I'd have to say Wilson was very composed and calm always. Uh, he had a high motor and he was very competitive, um, but he channeled it really well into his play mm-hmm. and uh, he wasn't a hothead. And I think the thing I learned most from Wilson was to stay composed and stay calm. And I think that that was one of my strengths this year for the most part. Um, and I was able to just stay calm and composed, um, just make the right reads and, and you know, not, not really be a hothead. And, and the team will look to you uh, as their leader um, when you do that. And I, and I think that was really important. Right. Great answer. Um, so, Coach Phillips, you know, you've been coaching at Regents, you know, for almost a decade or at really a decade now. So it's not like you're a new face around the school, but, you know, with how legendary, you know, Coach Bryden has been, you know, him stepping down and finally kind of handing the keys to you this year, you know, how does it feel like having the opportunity to be the head coach of Regents and, you know, and in your first season having the success you had? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, by going to Regents and being the head coach there, the, the, the uh, expectation that we're, we're going to be good. Um, so I didn't expect it to drop off a lot just from uh, uh, that standpoint. I think right. that part I think gets missed a little bit. We, it's true now. We brought in some really good coaches from the outside. Um, yeah. A couple of college guys and three college guys that came in this year and, and just did a phenomenal job. And so, you know, that gives you confidence. That could give our kids confidence. And once we started playing and they saw the value these guys were bringing. Um, but for me, you know, it's, I've been in the program and I've been – you know, I was assistant head coach with Beck, and he gave me a lot of responsibility. And, and I didn't have the time really uh, earlier for my uh, profession. And so, um, you know, in the last couple of years, that's freed up. And so it's given me a lot more time to do it and give me this opportunity. Oh, yeah. So, you know, add, add on to that, Drew, you know, as a player, you know, what are the, like, you, you could talk about these new coaches that came in and, like, what are the, like, what does the coaching staff mean for this team? Um, coaching staff is everything, honestly. Uh, the trust that we have in the coaches really plays a huge factor, probably the mm-hmm. difference, the difference maker for sure. Um, and the reason why our program is so successful year after year, um, it showed a lot this year too, uh, there, because there's no drop off at all. Um, right. You know, never wavering, never flinched. There was no drop off when coach Phillips got in there because we trust him more than anyone. Um, it was, it was really good to keep uh, the head coaching job, like, within kind of, like, it was already, he's already in the family. We, right. we already all knew him. Um, and, you know, Coach Franklin coming to be our offensive coordinator, everyone on the team has already played with him in middle school, and we trust that guy more than anyone, too. So just keeping a, a close circle in the region's family uh, of those – new coaches in the new roles this year um you know the relationships have already been developed and i'd say that that plays just 
a major factor and why we're able to go so far because um, we can just hit the ground running from day one. Um, so, so that worked out really well. The coaching staff has been amazing. Right. Awesome. You know, and going away from the coaching staff, you know, uh, Coach Phillips, you can start us off here. You know, what, like, what do these seniors mean to this class? You know, because those guys you know, for the past three years have really, you know, have always been there, but, you know, didn't reach their short. So, like, when it was finally their time as they're, like, being the leaders of this, like, team, you know, what – just tell me about what do you – what do these uh, seniors mean to this team, really? Yeah, I think – I mean, I, I think across the board, I mean, I think we have great leadership. I mean, they're just they really hard workers. You know, we have no – we have one kid that we prefer to walk on in, in Division One. Um you know, it's just a different type of kid. I mean, we just, they're tough. They're um, great leaders. Uh, they're gonna, I mean, we're going to miss them because they, they're, you know, a lot of them played. I think we had uh, 13 started uh, throughout the season, uh, which is pretty typical. We've had 13 senior starters for three years in a row. But, um, you know, most of the kids have been at Regents forever, uh, you know, from kindergarten up or grade school up. And so they just had a neat bond. And, I, you know, it was interesting. I just went back and I was watching the, last play and just watching how kids, how excited they were for each other, right? And I think that happens everywhere, but but it was genuine. You could see it on the bus home, and this is stuff they've been talking about since they were in second and third grade. So it's just a different type of setting here. Right. Um, sure. So I, I guess, like, the, my last like last two questions for you, Coach, you know, uh, Drew, you can also answer this. What is um, – what, is there like I know you have a lot of guys you know the senior class you know like we talk about Jacob Vatal you know just committed to Tech Will you know Trevor Tezak and I think a guy who's really talented and Josh Franklin um, is there a guy that both of y'all or like you a guy or two that you find that like is like not really talked about but is really important to this team? Yeah, I, I I'd say I mean I think it was really interesting that the two guys that that. Uh, were involved in that play down the stretch. The two seniors were Burkle and, and Jack Rampick, and they don't say two words between them. And they're probably our you know, toughest work, hardest workers. And, and Jack struggled a little bit early in the year, and he really came on the playoffs. I mean, like a wildfire. And, and Ben's just steady. He, you know, he's a freak of an athlete. He could play major college if he wanted. He just has no interest. And so um, he's a great kid. Those kids, two kids epitomize our program, and they're just – they don't say a word, and they just go about their business and never miss with every workout. And Jack Rampick, you know, hits the guy as he throws it. Ben picks it off and runs down the field and scores. So I think those are two kids that you know, really epitomize and It was great to see them get that last play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Drew, do you have anyone else? Or add uh, on I to mean, that? Yeah, my buddy Bryce Mountain, who plays cornerback, has a – a phenomenal year uh, and it was actually his first year starting this year but he's a very talented player and he's just he, he's gone through a lot of injuries um, and it's been really cool to see him show out this year I was really proud of him and I mean if we're talking about seniors I mean my entire O-line was seniors and they were outstanding this year couldn't be more uh, happy to have those guys blocking for me all year uh, especially Nick Zarbach uh, on the line, he um, he's not going anywhere to play, but he's just, I think, the most fundamentally sound lineman I've ever seen play. And uh, he always does his job, and he plays a huge leadership role in our team. Um, so just want to shout out him. Awesome. Uh, and the, other thing, the other guy, Walker, I, I forgot, which I know Drew agree with, is Jack Cowden. 
he's a he's a linebacker that you know he's not going to be. I don't even think he made all district. He makes every call on her defense. He's I mean he made those plays against uh, Second Baptist on the the uh, squib kicks, and I mean he he you know he's I think he's our leading tackler, but just kind of quiet and goes about his business. I'd put him in the category of those other two. Oh yeah. You know, the whole reason we did this was, you know, because, you know, I want to highlight these guys, guys that are an unknown, you know, that's, that's the reason why we're doing this. Um, so coach, I know you got time. I'll, I'll ask one last question, you know, for you. And then, you know, Drew, I'll ask you the last couple questions and then you can go, uh, you know, coach Phillips, you know, what is like, is one last little easy question. I mean, what's your, what's your mindset going into the next season? push these kids to win again, right? I mean, it's to me, right. this, is, this is one year and, and done. We've been there because we've been con consistently good for five years. And so um, I don't know why we can't be six. And you just got to get to the game, right? I mean, it's, it's not easy. And, and you know, Fort Bend and um, I think St. Michael's is going to be way improved and so is second badness. So we're going to have a hard path to getting there, but that's going to be the goal. And, you know, anything less of that would be disappointing because just where our program is, just – and we have 80, 80, we'll have 80 to 85 kids play this year, and that always gives you a chance. And we'll have a great, we have a really talented senior class, um, you know, and so, I, you know, it's, we had a lot of holes. <laughs> there's a lot of holes. I was just doing the depth chart this morning. There's all kinds of holes, but there was a lot of holes last year, too. So we'll figure it out. Awesome, man. Well, Coach, I really appreciate your time, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Walker. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Drew, you know, we really we recently talked about on the podcast about how we named you and Texas Private School Guy named you the top private school quarterback in 2022. You know, I, you know, I talked a lot about your game and I really like I think you're a gamer and you really love like you're not a guy that shies away from running the ball, too. And that's what I really saw in the Fort Bend game when y'all were up like, you know, 40 to 15 you still wanted to go run that QB read and go run it up the middle. And I was like, yeah. there was no need, like you could get hurt or something like that, but you, you were, you, you still wanted to do it. I think that's, I really like about that, about your mindset. Of course you, you could throw the ball anywhere you want, but that's what, that's something I think that separates you from the rest is that you're, you, you love to play the game and you just want to keep going. Uh, for you, just talk about that recognition of being the top like quarterback in private school and I mean, just talk about like, if I, if I didn't watch you, right. Like what, what, how would you describe your game? Um, well, first off, um, I'm really, really grateful um, to be named the top quarterback. Uh, it's something um, I, I'm really, I've worked really hard and to see that recognition is really cool. And I appreciate that. If I would describe myself as a quarterback, I, I'd say, I'm pretty calm and composed in the pocket. Um, right. I'm, I'm very aware. And if something's fogging me, I'm going to get out of the pocket and beat you with my legs or or, uh, or find another window to throw it because I believe I can make any throw on the field. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So, you know, going into your senior season, you know, what are things you want to work on and improve in your game that you, you know, you find, you found that you just, you know, you just want to get better at? Um. I'd say, I mean, things I just want to improve naturally, probably arm strength. Um, I want to be able to throw the ball like 75 yards. Um, yeah. And uh, I want to get faster, oh, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. being, being like a 6'1", six, 6'1", one, six, one quarterback, if I want to go play anywhere, I'm probably going to have to run a really good time at a camp to be noticed. So really speed is probably up there. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a great idea. 
Um, so, you know, for a lot of people, you know, up in the north, you know, north of Texas, North Texas, actually, um, you, you don't really hear a lot about, you know, Houston, Second Baptist, Fort Bend, you know, Regents. You know, just talk to me about, like, what's the culture like at, you know, Regents, you know, what's the atmosphere? Like, you know, like you said, you know, you've been there since kindergarten. So, like, why have you stayed there all, you know, your whole life? And, like, why, why do you love going to Regents? Um, you know, I love going to Regents because uh, it surrounds me with a lot of good people around me. It, it's like family, especially at this point. I mean, going on my uh, 12th year here since kindergarten, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a long time. But like, like I said, I mean, just the bond we have with our team, like all those kids, all those seniors this year, like I've been playing Pop Warner football with them um, since like fourth grade. I, I've been in, in the same first grade class with these kids. Um, and just the bond there, it, it can't be broken. And the region's culture, uh, the region's community, it's really just a family like no other. Um, and uh, we really like to redeem sports for Christ. And uh, it's been a really great experience going there for my whole life. Um, I've just been blessed with a great education there and great people around me that I can call family. So, Awesome. That, I think that's, that's a great answer, man. Um, and the last question, you know, I asked, you know, coach earlier, you know, just what's your mindset going into your senior season next year? Um, well, I mean, I know it's early, but, done, but right. yeah, easier said than done, but we, we want to go get another ring. I mean, it seems like we've created a standard for ourselves now, you know, um, shoot. So that was the fifth year in a row. So this would, you got to go back six times in a row, I guess, but, um, I'm confident that we can do it for sure. Um, just the same reason as this year, because there's a lot of doubts um, from previous holes. You know, obviously there's a doubt like, okay, we're losing Wilson Long. We're losing Thomas Scully on the defense. Yeah. There's always doubts like that. And the thing that's unique about Regents is time and time again, like people you'd never think would step up, step up. And I'm already confident that's going to happen. Um, every single one of our guys are going to get in the weight room. Um, they're going to get out there and, and train really, really hard because they want it just as bad as I do. Um, and and we, we take pride in that. And so we're definitely not going to let them down. We're going to go back. So Great. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all I got. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time. You know, I know you're on the holidays with your family, so I really appreciate you yeah, taking no your time. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry and Christmas, hope you have, man. Yeah, have a great day, man. All right, you too. So Walker, that was a great interview. What did you really take away from that? You know, what was crazy is so, you know, we talked about it and I think the second episode about Beck Bryden, you know, the head coach for their, for a long time of their Austin Regents, you know, it was Tim Phillips. This is his first year at a, uh, at a, he's been there for almost like a decade, I believe at Austin Regents, but this was his first year being the head coach. They, he gave them the, the keys to the car basically this year and you know just talking to the guy you, you could tell like he was the coach that that was going to lead them to like the promised land and he was mature you could tell he was focused you could tell he was determined like that's everything you want in a really good head coach um and i you know talking to drew and you know talking about drew and he says that coaching staff is everything for this team and, you know it's guys that you can really rely on and trust that you know they're going to lead you strong and I think talking to those two and, you know, them talking about their team is really special to see 
the bond they have down there, you know, the atmosphere, um, the culture they created there was, is really special. And you can tell the reason they win so much is the culture they have built there. And I was very, very impressed with that. Um, you know, I think in his first year, you know, coach Phillips was very, very impressive. You know, you, you're going to like, you know, talking to him like now, because, you know, for the past five years, that's the, that was the motto state championship. You know, they finally won it now. So it's not like they're going to go anywhere. You know, learning from them last year, I think the biggest thing was, you know, they, they still lost a lot of seniors. They lost a guy last year that was committed when signed to Navy and a guy who signed to um, Princeton, but then, you know, he transferred, I think, to TCU to play football, I believe. Um, but that in quarterback Wilson Long and then uh, Thomas Scully, I believe. Uh, I think that's maybe – I think that's correct. I don't know for sure. Um, but those two guys were the head guys, and they lost, I think, like multiple, multiple seniors last year. But, you know, even Drew said, like, one thing is impressive about Regents is every year they just rebuild and they find guys to get their job done. And I think that's one of the most impressive things about that program is that no matter who you fill in, like, they're going to get their job done. And I, I, that's, that's, it's a very impressive uh, thing about seeing about that program. Um, you know, we've talked about Drew a lot. You know, Drew's probably, we said, you know, the greatest quarterback in private school next in his class. So having him, a guy like him, and then, you know, had a guy who just did uh, – he just got – he was going to play at Tech, Texas Tech, an offensive lineman, probably one of the best kickers in the class of 22 in the state. Like, not even private school, like, in pub, like the state. Um, a lot of good good players, you know, the running back, T-Zach, um, you know, a lot of other good dudes are very valuable to that team. You know, those seniors are going to be definitely missed, but, I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, led by Drew Dickey, that are going to be there just as much next year. And I'm very excited to see um, Regis next year. And I was re- it was really cool to really know, like I always heard about Austin Regis, but actually getting to know about the culture there. So, Yeah, exactly. And you see whenever you're constantly losing players, but you're able to plug new people into those positions and still operate at an elite level, that is the mark of a really, really good program. And it's one that Austin Regents has obviously built down there because they continually run the South region. But moving on, uh, the Division Three state game, we saw Covenant and Cypress Christian play. And, you know, we all picked Covenant in this game, correct? Because I know I did. Yes, we did. Yeah, and Covenant has just been on a roll once they got into this playoffs. However, it was really hard to pick against um, Hogan and this Cypress team as they've been playing really well all year. But as for the game, Cypress jumped out to a 14-7 to lead as the first half was a back-and-forth affair, uh, seeing Covenant actually take a 28-21 to lead into halftime. Um, Cypress's Max Landrum, who had a fantastic game, tied the game at 28 out of the half with a colossal 72-yard touchdown run. However, Covenant would stretch the lead to six and then 12, both coming, both scores coming at the hands of Austin Sheets, who we've mentioned on this podcast a lot. Um, and it was the Covenant de- defense that would ultimately close out the game with a pair of fourth down stops, securing themselves a Division Three state championship. So I'm very glad they won because that cemented my, my pick. But also, Covenant's just had a great season. And Walker, I'll start with you. What did you see from this game that really impressed you with Covenant? Um. One of the most impressive things is like, you know, them able to bounce back. Um, I believe Colleyville only played in the season, I believe only four like games. They only played four regular season games. And, you know, 
no matter what happens, having only having a team that was only playing, you know, four regular season games, like that, that you're not ready for that whole grind of playoffs. And, you know, that's, I think that's one of the most impressive things you can talk about the coaching staff is getting their guys ready to go uh, for that team, like for the playoffs run. And like, I think probably Colleyville Covenant is probably the most, one of the most underrated talented teams in all of tabs. I think just looking from top to bottom, the talent there is very, very impressive. I remember, I, I forgot what coach tweeted it, but talking about, you know, the guys they won it with are guys that were in that area. It's like guys, they didn't really recruit. They didn't do anything like that. They wanted with their guys, and that's what made it special. Um, very good group of guys. Um, they should be really proud of themselves. You know, they're very, very impressive team. Um, I, you know, talking about, you know, Austin Sheets, great player. You know, he's going to uh, play baseball in college, but, I mean, the man, the man could definitely play some high uh, college football for sure if you ever wanted to. Um, oh, but- let's also mention that he's a three-sport athlete, a three-main sport athlete too. I mean, yeah. the kid plays football, plays basketball, and he plays baseball. Not only does he play play football, he was the quarterback. Not only does he play baseball, he's gonna go like you know he's going to college to play baseball. And not only does he play basketball, but he's the second best player on that team. Just for reference, this kid is an athlete in all regards. I watched him play this weekend uh, or this past couple of days for basketball. And I can tell you, this kid's an overall athlete. I think I, I not to cut you off, but I just think no, that no. yeah, Austin Sheets um, is a player that you know this guy you're gonna want to keep an eye out for if if it comes baseball time. But you know you know at, at, at eventually this kid has put in so much effort. He has a obviously you know a heart to be determined to do well. Um, and I think you can definitely see that by the stats he puts up in whatever sport he decides to play. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if just to give my take a little bit on this game. Co- the Covenant versus Cypress game, like I said, Chris Hogan was the guy that I, I was talking about a long, for, a, uh, for a, couple episodes, a couple episodes ago. I was saying how much I thought, I thought he was good. I then voted against him and said that his team was going to lose. They didn't lose. They ended up winning, uh, and I was wrong. Um, but no, and then I and then I thought this Covenant team was going to win, and I was right. And it was hard, like you know, like Wes said, uh, picking against uh, Chris Hogan's team. But I just thought with the firepower of Covenant, they were just too good for this, too good for you know to lose. And I think you're going to see a lot uh, in in the future. Um, now that these guys are going to be gone, but I think you'll see a lot a lot of star power. Uh, showing up in in these division threes in these division three schools, I think there's something that uh, speaks the volume of how good these teams are. I think people need to look out for them a little bit more and keep their eye on them because it's teams like Cypress Christian, it's teams like um, uh, Lake Country, uh, uh, Lake Country Christian, it's teams like Covenant Christian that are going to be the ones to pop up and bring out some guys eventually. So that's my take on I guess division three in its entirety. Yeah, you know Dagum well that uh, we were going to finish talking about Austin Sheets without Ryan mentioning that he played basketball. But Ryan was going to let a basketball player get by him without us mentioning to. it. I had to. I had to. No, I actually got – it was cool. I had to, like, talk to him after after the um, after his game, and he had a full conversation with me about everything, about, about you know, just the whole transition from all those guys shifting from football to basketball too. Um, but yeah, super nice guy too, which is just, you know, what, what did you expect? what did you expect from the covenant quarterback? I mean, this guy's, this guy's a class act. So, um, 
I thought that was super cool that he just held the conversation and was nice about everything too. Oh yeah. No, Ryan, you've been, you've been prepping a lot for basketball. We're walking right up into your season with that, but you'll see that as we'll come along with more episodes and Ryan will have a lot more analysis when it comes to basketball, but to wrap up covenant versus Cyprus, big congratulations to covenant Christian. Actually that did cap off an undefeated season for them. If I'm not correct, someone please stop me if I'm wrong. No, I think but, you're right. I think I just checked it too. Yeah, they went they went eight and zero, and they outscored their opponents two hundred and ninety three to one hundred and twenty eight over the season. So a very impressive effort in D three. Um, I liked, I liked what uh what you said about all the talent and the teams coming up in D three like Covenant, Cypress, Lake Country Christian. I think there's a lot of hidden talent there, um, and a lot of a lot of talent that people can look into and realize. And Walker actually had the chance to interview uh, Covenant quarterback Austin Sheets, and we'll roll that now. All right, so I'm here with the starting quarterback for Covenant Christian and class of 2021 stud Austin Sheets. You know, I appreciate you coming on the podcast this morning. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, okay. So, you know, to start us off, um, how does it finally feel saying that Covenant Christian are state champions? It's pretty pretty crazy. I mean, we've been – as a team, we've been talking about it since like May, June of this last year, you know, doing seven on seven stuff and getting together and, you know, talking about it. And then it actually happening are two completely different things. I mean, we knew we were going to have a really good team all year and we, we really bought into that. And, um, but it feels, it just feels amazing to finally have, finally have accomplished the, uh, the end goal of the season and to be state champions. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, let's just talk about that, uh, the state championship matchup in that game, you know, how, talk to me just about the game and like, what was y'all's mindset going into it? I mean, it was a pretty crazy game. We were missing um, three, we were missing three studs, Christian Wells, receiver and safety for us. who's was one of the best in our division at both receiver and safety. And one of our better linebackers, Luca Ducic who was having an amazing season and then our starting center and also starting offensive lineman PJ, who was definitely one of our best leaders on the team. And so they having all three of them out was tough, but we had had guys step up and, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough game, but we battled back and we just kept throughout the whole game. I mean, started off, couldn't really stop them on defense, but I mean, we knew our offense was, I mean, very high powered and we didn't think that they, could really stop us on defense or stop us on offense so we just knew that we needed to get a couple stops and if we could do that then we'd win the game oh yeah um so going into that like you know you correct me if I'm wrong but you know I believe your team only played four regular season games because of COVID and everything like that so you know for a lot of teams you know you for like a playoff team like y'all you know you use those games to better your team get like get like keep it going get you know get used to it so how was it going into playoffs and only having four games under your belt like were you more rested like did was there better of it was there worse of it like what was what was y'all's mindset um I think there's probably both I mean there's definitely the fact that we were a little more rested but at the same time you know like I was saying we were kind of kind of beat up from the playoffs but I mean I mean yeah, it probably would have been nice to have a few more games under our belt to get, kind of get used to it. But we played some some good games, like Lake Country. But, I mean, during the regular season, that was a tough game and kind of taught us or showed us that we could bounce back and right. be resilient and come back from a deficit if we needed to. And uh, the team just all year bought into what the coaches have been preaching us and preaching to us. And um, that was just resilience and 
if we we knew we were one of the better teams in our division and we just had to go out and not beat ourselves and we would be all right. Right, because, you know, I was I was talking to the Paris head coach on one of the episodes in the past and he was, he was saying, like, how COVID this was this year, it was like, you know, a third, like a third opponent, like every game, you know, and it was hard to like use that through the mm -hmm. entire season to fight that off. And, you know, it like, it's very impressive, you know, talking to y'all and, you know, you're seeing like, all right, only playing four season games and then going in how y'all did throughout the playoffs. We, I think everyone saw that as very impressive. Um, going into another topic, you know, for a lot of people, because you're just in division three, people might not know about covenant Christian a lot, you know? So I just want you to talk about, you know, I know you just got, you know, you've only been here around two years, but, you know, just talk about your school and, you know, talk about the culture that is set there at covenant Christian. No, for sure. I mean, coming over last year, I mean, I know everyone's probably heard the story about we almost didn't have a football program going into last year. Coach Tal and Coach Wells, they really got the uh, brotherhood kind of mindset going with us and got everyone to buy in that, you know, the team as a whole, that if we would just buy into that brotherhood and go out and compete every game, we'd, ha we'd be pretty successful. And we have, I mean, we have some pretty good athletes. You know, Daniel Calabrese, our receiver, dude's a stud, runs a freaking 4-3, and, I mean, he's a monster. And on defense, Enoetta and Nathan Kaj on the D-line, I mean, they're, they're both great. I mean, they, they'll be both, both be returning next year. And I think our defense, we have a bunch of young kids on our defense. And we're, I mean, next year, they're going to be, they're going to have a really, really scary defense next year. And it's going to be fun to watch. But um, no, yeah, just, I think going back to last year, we kind of had a rough, shaky start and then um, shaky start and then, just kind of bought into just keep going, keep working and trusting our coaches. And then it would lead us and led us to a final four last year. And this year we knew we were going to have a really good team. We just had to listen to what our coaches, listen to our coaches game plans and just execute. And we did. Awesome. Um, you know, talk about your coaching staff for a little bit, you know, just talk about him and, you know, how important was that coaching staff to this team this year? No, I mean, our coaching staff is, I think one of the best in Texas. I mean, we have, two ex NFL players and ex I mean ex MLB player with coach Wells but I mean they're amazing they got us ready every week and we basically I mean we basically watch film and they I knew they would watch film at least two or three two or three times of one game and um I mean they were amazing I think 100% think they're the best coaching staff in Texas and they prepared us every week to get us ready and you know coach Tank on the D-line had them getting ready every week and you know, as you can see with Inno leading all taps and sacks, I mean, he had a great year. And then just our defensive game plan every week was amazing. Head over heels wave, you know, we're not giving up that many points. Talk, like, talk about you, you know, not, not you specifically, but like the senior class, you know, you know, you had your final four appearance last year. Um, just talk about that trend. Like, what is, what do these seniors mean to this team? And like, like, what is the pro, like, leaving now like what is the standard you've set at this program you know I think this senior class is is really special and we had and coach Tao had preached that to us we'd been we've gone through a lot of adversity the last few years just with a lot of stuff going on to the school and everything and I mean I think it's just leaving 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 football a state champion for this class is just amazing I think we're we're kind of set the precedent that you know Covenant's a winning school and we're going to be a powerhouse for years to come. And I think it's just teaching the younger kids, showing the younger kids how to win and showing them that, 
at Covenant, you know, we're winners and, you know, we're going to go out and compete. And then, I mean, that we had the guys to be just as good as any other team in the area, you know? Right. Absolutely. You have a lot of talented players and that's something we really noticed throughout doing this podcast and looking into Covenant. Y'all have talented players from top to bottom, which is something you don't have a lot of places at these private schools. So um, talk about a guy or two that, you know, isn't really talked about a lot, like on maybe the media or whatever, but you think deserves the recognition, more recognition that he gets. I think Caleb Turner, for sure, the receiver and uh, corner safety for us. I mean, I know he kind of got snubbed on the all district, all state stuff, but won't get too much of that. But um, right. he was, he had a great year. I think the championship game or final four game, he had two touchdowns for us. Uh, state championship game had like 160 yards and a touchdown. I think with Christian going down, he really stepped up and took that role as the good slot receiver that I could trust to go to whenever Dana was covered. And I mean, he had a great season on offense and defense. He was, I mean, he was locked down. I mean, no one would really throw his side. And when they did, it was either an interception or incompletion. I don't know. I don't think anyone, when he was guarding, I don't think anyone caught any passes against him this season. And He's a big one, and Nathan Kaja on the D-line is another big one. He's a he's a dog. I mean, he gets after it. I'm not sure. I know Inno gets talked about a lot, too, but Nathan's just as good as he is, man. I think next year he's going to have an even even better season than he did this year. Wow. I mean, that's that's some talent coming back next year then for y'all, for sure. Um, sure. You know, talk about, you know, you, you come into Covenant your junior year and, you know, I read, I read the article uh, like that was out the other day, you know, how you play wide receiver your junior year. How was that transition to quarterback, you know, your senior year, of course, you know, you're pl- going to go play baseball in college. So you have the arm, but like, how was that transition, you know, like having to be the guy that the team can rally behind this year? Oh, for sure. I mean, coming in last year, it's kind of a funny story. Coming in last year, I was came in and wanted to play quarterback. So I played quarterback through like junior high and stuff my whole life. And then, we had, I kind of came out and I hadn't played football in two years. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie, I kind of sucked. You know, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't really throw the ball that well. But we had a good, good senior quarterback last year, Caleb Stith, who was, he was a beast. And he, I think following kind of in his footsteps, I mean, we all kind of rallied around him last year as he was kind of the guy for us to, mm-hmm. he was our leader and one of our better players. And then this year, I think just stepping into his role, I mean, as a quarterback, you're always kind of looked up looked at as the leader of the team but I mean just getting everyone to buy into the fact that I mean we're good enough we were good enough to win a state championship and I mean we went out and showed it and I mean I just I love this team and they all they all bought in with me and I mean that's all I could really ask for oh yeah absolutely um for people who wouldn't like who haven't watched you play or haven't how how would you describe your play as a quarterback I would say probably just kind of like unpredictable I don't know I kind of just I kind of just like to make I don't know make things happen I I mean I can feel like I can scramble I can get out of the pocket run when I need to but you know big arm and I just like taking shots kind of like a gunslinger I guess yeah I was gonna yeah I was gonna say that for sure final question for you you know I know your future you know you're you're playing gonna go play baseball whether for college um but what is what what do you think your team's mindset is for next year I think, I mean, I think we can win a state championship again next year. I mean, we have, we definitely have the guys coming back to do that. And we have some freshmen and sophomores that are definitely going to take huge leaps and have much more prominent roles on the team next year. 
Um, I know Christian will probably be end up at quarterback. Christian Mills will be at quarterback, and I'm sure throughout the summer I'll be helping him and mentoring him throughout it, and you know showing him the ropes a little bit and trying to help out as much as I can. But no, I mean I think we definitely have the talent to go back and win state again next year, and I mean I'm excited to see what they can do next year. Awesome. Well, that is 2021 uh, quarterback Austin Sheets. Appreciate you coming on. Of course, thank you for having me. So, Walker, y'all talked a lot about the culture surrounding Covenant and the intricacies of that program. What did you take away from this interview? You know, I, I was really impressed, you know, hearing about, you know, for, for a guy from Fort Worth, you know, I always played Covenant when I was, gr- like, growing up and all that, but I really didn't know anything about it. And, you know, finally hearing, like, how the coaching staff is that, you know, just was around there, you know. They were state champions in 2017, now 2020, you know what's the culture they finally have created there. And I think it's very impressive finally learning and understanding about that culture, you know, and like, they're a very deep like team, you know, it's not just seniors, even though there are some talented seniors, but it's really also a really deep team. And I think they have a really bright future ahead of them. Um, I was just really impressed with the program for sure. Yeah, no, it's a program that is definitely on the rise well, I say it's on the rise. It's at the apex right now. I mean, they just won state, but look for them to continue to to maintain that dominance in Division Three. But we move into our closing segment, and that is our state game predictions for next year. Something to spice it up a little bit and see if we can project a little bit and see who's going to be good. Kind of like a way too early top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. But out of Division One, Walker, I think you have a better idea than any of us right now. Who do you think is going to make that – or who's the best chance to make that state game right now out of D1? I think for Division One, um, I think one of the big ones I really do think – I think no one's going to get back there next year. Um, it, bearing changes, I think Jeremiah Bledsoe is going to be the quarterback there, uh, starting quarterback there at Nolan Catholic for next year. Um, just, you know – knowing about him and stuff like that he's a very talented dude you know jimmy taylor is a great was a great leader there for a lot of years and you know it's gonna be hard to replace a jimmy taylor but i think he's gonna do a really good job you know i i believe he has the respect of the team um and they bring back a lot of dudes you know uh amika megua um and the, the whole defensive line is all back besides emmanuel vl i believe um so that's huge for nolan um I believe most of their offensive line, I know their star, Noah Ponce, besides their left tackle. Um, I know he's a sophomore, so I know he'll be back. Um, they have receivers. They, they're depth. They're very, they have really good depth, and I think that's something that's key for them to get back there next year. So I'm, I'm excited to see them go back there next year. I think that's going to be my pick. The other team, um, you know, I could say Parrish, but for right now, on the top of my head, I don't know who their quarterback's going to be over there. You know, it's going to be really, really hard to replace Preston Stone. And I think that's going to be a very key issue for Parrish going into next year. Um, when I find out who their quarterback is, I think I think if they have a good enough like quarterback, I think they're going to get back there next year. Um, All Saints, you know, they're losing a lot of key guys, but they have a lot of young players. Um, I think I'll go with, like I think I said last year, I think last episode, I think I'm going to go Parrish. I think they'll find a good enough quarterback, and they, the talent that is there just depth-wise, I think is just as talented as anyone else. So I really do think um, those two, Nolan and Parrish, are going to make it back there for next year. But on top of my head, just think about it, I think Midland Christian will also make a big run. I think that's going to be an underrated team for next year 
because River Rodriguez, I think, is a animal, and I think he's a game changer, and I think he'll be a guy who's gonna un, uh, he, and he's gonna be a big time guy for them next year. And I think uh, they have a good offensive line, some good players. I think that's gonna be a special team. I was gonna mention that that I thought that Midland was a dark horse going into next year. I mean, they're a program like I've mentioned before that was dominant in Division Two and are now working their way up and are almost up to that dominant level in Division One. They're just a few steps away. I also want to apologize. I've been butchering River Rodriguez's name for the past few episodes. It's not River, it's River, and we got that. Uh, we got a really nice comment on Twitter thanking us for shouting him out, but telling us very directly his name is pronounced River. So my bad on that. But, uh, Ryan, I'll hand it off to you. What do you think? Is there anything you want to agree with or um, disagree with regarding the Division One state picks for next year? Yeah, so I, got, I definitely got known Catholic. That's just, you know, that's I think that's pretty set in stone. We Like you described, Walker described, you know, there's definitely a lot of depth in that team still um, to go up. But I will say, I, I'm, I'm going to pick two here for my, my what's it called, for, for who I think I'm going to be on the other side of that uh, bracket. From what I'm looking at, and, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more next episode, a little hint, hint, by the way. Might be talking about all state, all district. Might be talking about that. Um, but uh, what's it called? Looking at some of those right now, um, I would say that there are guys from Houston St. Pius uh, or that, have, that are returning. So I think that's something to look at if you all want to go look at the juniors that are returning from there. Um, and then also – I I I am I'm gonna say this because I have heard a lot recently just in in the area that um, a lot of guys from North Dallas are thinking about transferring to the you know to in North Dallas not Dallas but North Dallas are thinking about transferring to a private school to get more you know to get more playing time to get you know to show out. I think the the private school that appeals to most when it comes to North Dallas right now, although they had an off year this year, they've had some pretty good years in years past. I think John Paul is somewhere you could see people going transferring back into. I think JP2 has a good record the past couple of years, and I think they can show people that they have – they're bringing in good coaches. They're bringing in good – you know a good amounts of talent. They just got to put two and two together. And if you look at some of the guys that they're returning, they're returning some pretty good guys too, from, from what I can tell. And I think that's something you got to look at. So yeah, my dark horses, my dark horse is GP two. I don't know enough about Houston St. Pius to say anything, but yeah, Nolan Catholic is my sure thing. No, I'd have to agree. I also think that Nolan Catholic is probably your safest bet for stake next year. They have, I mean, you look at the immense talent that they put on the field, this year, you had Megwa, you had Vincent Page, who is also a very good linebacker. Both of them are returning. A cast around them is returning. I think, like I said, they are your best lock to make state. And I really like your dark horse pick in JP2 as well. Um, they're a team that has traditionally been very dominant in Division One, And although they had kind of an off year this year, I think I think that they have the chance to be good. And I think that's a very, very alluring place for – people that transfer in from public school to go to. So keep an eye out for that for sure. So moving on, we look at division two next year and I'll start with my pick. I, I'm realizing that I'm dangerously starting to sound like a Dallas Christian Homer when in full disclosure, I didn't like DC at all in high school and I don't particularly like them now. I mean, they made my life miserable for four years playing football against them, but you have to respect how good they are at football. And here's what they're going to do. Obviously, they're losing big names like Sean Coleman, TJ King, and some of their other players. 
they're going to go out to the Metroplex and recruit those exact same players in that exact same caliber, and they'll be back where they were next year. So I think that D.C. is probably your safest pick to make the state game next year. And looking as to their opponent, who that's going to be out of the South region, it's interesting because Austin regions, like I said, typically dominates the South. However, they're losing a lot of talent this year. And I want to put them in the state game automatically just because of how good of a program they are, but they're losing so much that it makes me hesitant. Um, Houston Second Baptist is also a team that could fill that spot. They're traditionally very good. I've been very high on Coach Terry Pirtle. Um, I think, again, they're always, they're always number two out of the South. So you look at those two teams, I'm not really sure. I, I picked Second Baptist over um, Austin Regents once this podcast, and I was very, very wrong. So, you know, even with how much that Regents is losing, I still picked them to make state again. And I think that we'll have a rematch next year looking at D.C. versus Regents. But those are my picks. Walker, what do you have to say about this? I think you're right. I think Dallas Christian's going to be, you know, reloading for next year. But I, I know I'm going to sound like a homer, but I'm going to think for the North, I'm going to go with my guys at four with Dallas Christian. Talking to those coaches, they're losing four to five seniors on that talented roster. Only four to five. You know, Tyson Flowers and Mark Simons, those, their two star players on offense and defense are coming back. And I think having those two guys who are going to be going to play college ball, those are two talented guys they're going to have for next year. I think that's going to be big for them. And they're, they, they're all, they'll only had one off, senior offensive lineman on the team. All their offensive line is back. Most of their defensive line is back. I think that's going to be a very, very underrated team. Yes, Dallas Christian is going to reload, but I really think they have a chance to get back there next year. Um, out of the South, I, I don't think I'm ever going to go against uh, Austin Regents again. I think now learning about their team, I think they're a very, very strong team. Um, I think they're just going to reload. And knowing those guys over there, I think they're going to be very impressive. And I think I think that team is going to go back there for the state championship next year. Winner? I don't know. I think that's it's too early to tell. It might be six straight for Austin Regents maybe. But you never know. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. Trust me, I'm not picking a state winner at this point just because of how badly I was wrong last week. But, Ryan, I'll hand it off to you here. Is there anything that you agree with? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think DC's going to be good again. I know that's, you know, a shocker uh, to anybody. But, uh, no, um, if I'm being completely honest, I, I'm, I'm, I'll start off with myself first. I think that – Obviously, we're one, one of if we're gonna pick a school, one of us is gonna pick regions, one of us is gonna pick Second Baptist. You know, it's just how it's gonna be. I'm gonna go either one of them. If I'm being honest, I think Second Baptist is is their time to shine. I think Second Baptist has been sitting in the shadow this entire time, and they wanna they wanna shine. And with the loss of all these regions guys, I think they're gonna say to themselves, "Hey, let's show out. And let's you know, let's let's be the underdogs that come out and eat this year and you know be the ones that take over so i i'm gonna pick second baptist that definitely could change as transfers come in for either school um but that's what i'll say right now is i think second baptist will you know make their make their way try to sneak back in there uh i will say when it comes to the north it's funny because i i want to say this is going to sound really bad and not to dog on my own school at all but I low-key could put any school in my division except for my own. Um, I, would put, I would put either Fort Worth, Grapevine, 
or Southwest Christian. I think all three of those schools are very, very good. I think they're all loaded with talent. And if we're being honest, I think my team's loaded with talent too. I just think they lost a lot of seniors this year, and that's going to be part of their issue trying to, trying to you know, uh, draw with that again. So, yes, Legacy's a great school. I just think they're going to have a hard time trying to reload. Um, but that's all I got to say. Obviously, Southwest Christian Walker can tell you about that all day long. They're going to be a good team. They're not losing a lot of players. They're going to, they're going to you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, basically just come in and play ball again like they do. Fort Worth has got some great guys on their team. I think Fort Worth has got some ballers themselves. Fort, Fort Worth is actually got a only a kid that's only going to be a junior, by the way. This kid's still got another year on top of that, Jacob Trimble. Jacob Trimble is still a dog, and he'll play forever, in my opinion. Um, and then Grapevine Faith. I've had faith in them. There you go. Um, I, I've had faith in Grapevine Faith for a long time, and I think guys like Joshua Terrell are a part of the reason why I also have faith in them. I mean, it's just things like that. I, I really think there's, you know, they're going to show out and they're going to prove to be another good team. I think this that that district inside of Division Two is going to be really stacked. And it's going to be one that you need to look at because – I think DC is just going to tear up their district like they always do. But when it comes up to our our district, it's going to be kind of hard to, you know, make it to the top and make it to playoffs in that one. Yeah, no, that's the thing. There's always a lot more talent concentrated in the Metroplex uh, relative to like East Texas where I am. I'm talking about in taps. And I mean, you see that with the teams we're looking at. Almost all of them we mentioned out of the North are based around the Metroplex. So that's really where all the talent is. But we'll see if we're somewhat correct um, with those predictions looking back next year. And finally, we move into Division Three. Um, so do y'all think we're going to see another Covenant versus Cypress matchup? Or are, some other, or are there some other teams on the rise? Walker, I'll start with you. Uh. I think Covenant's going to be back there next year. I think that's going to be a big, good team. Lake Country Christian is going to be one that you have to look out for. Um, I mean, Panteagle was the favorite going in. And, you know, they lost, and they're returning their quarterback. So that's going to be big, having Panteagle back. Um, that's going to be interesting to see if they can come back. You know, Holy Cross, you know, we love ourselves some Holy Cross in it from San Antonio. Um, I think Jordan Battles is sadly a senior, but – um, I think they're going to be, that's going to be one you have to really look out to look out for. But, you know, one guy we didn't give love earlier was the quarterback at Cypress Christian, Max Laudrum. Um, in that state championship game, he was four for 12 for 65 passing, but he was 24 attempts rushing three, 238 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Uh, I believe he is a sophomore. Um, that is something you really, really have to think about for the future and that's someone you know chris hogan's gonna have his hands full with a guy who's gonna be talented like that for the next couple of years so um yeah i think maybe cypress christian's gonna be back there next year against covenant so i think that's gonna be a good one next year yeah i'd have to agree those are two very very good programs and i don't really know lake country might be the best option to oust one of them but ryan what do you think yeah um i don't know i think i think I could definitely argue that Chris Hogan has the potential to take any team anywhere, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but, no, at the same time, I think this Covenant team brings a lot of talent. I think there are uh, a lot of big boys at that school, if I'm being completely honest, uh, from what I just, you know, 
from what I'm noticing on 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 their film and as well as in person for basketball. Um, I think that I think they got a lot of big boys. Um, but when it comes to the other side, I could argue for a team like you know a team like Lake Country. I think Lake Country is filled uh, with you know some good guys. From what I can tell, they got a sophomore who's going to be a junior next year, Adam Lindsay. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about him, but I think what, from what I can see that he's pretty good. Um, Lake Country is also retiring a lot of good guys this year too, so that might be something to look at, that they might be losing a lot of talent. But overall, um, uh, oh, no, hold on. I want to shout this kid out. Kevin Doddard is the, is the all, is a first team all-district all, all, yeah, all for uh, athlete. I – I got to meet him. I got to, I got to have a full conversation with him. Me and him are uh, are talking in my DMs about a video that I'm going to make for him. Well, all I want to say, kid's super good at basketball too. I like talking to him a lot. Um, I think I cannot I cannot imagine with his speed how good he is on the football field too. So look out for this kid. He's going to be a sophomore next year, a sophomore, and his name is Kevin Doddard. That's a kid I want you, people need to look out for. His brother, J.D., is going to graduate this year, but Kevin Doddard is a good is a good player. I think he's going to be one on the rise to look at for this Lake Country team. Yeah, that's solid, and it's definitely a kid we'll look out for. And I know I just said finally, but actually we still need to look at an analyze a little bit for Division Four. Um, I think we're going to see the usual suspects, you know, Waco Riker, First Baptist Academy, Shiner St. Ball, Tom Ball Rose. And gun to my head, if I had to pick right now, uh, I really like what's going on uh, down in Waco with Bishop Riker. I think they're a really good team. They have a good chance. However, I've always been really high on First Baptist as well. I think Jason Laverne has a very, very good program going down there, and I think they have a good chance to make that state game as well. Um, yeah, it'll be between uh, Riker and First Baptist will come out of the same side of the bracket, but I think one of them will be in for sure. And obviously, I mean, St. Paul won state this year, so it's hard not to put them in there. So I think it's going to be either Bishop Riker or First Baptist versus uh, Shiner St. Paul again. But Walker, is there anything else you have to add to the D4? Um, I'm going to go, I think, with Shiner St. Paul for next year. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember, Zach Johnson's still going to be there at Shiner St. Paul. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's going to be a big, big time, like, someone who's going to be come back to Division Four. Um, I'm excited to come see him play. Next. He's going to be a big-time guy coming back next year. So, I mean, with the numbers he put up this year in Division Four. I, I think he'll lead him for another year in the weight room and stuff like that. I'm excited to see him play for his senior year. So I'm going to go with Shiner St. Paul. Yeah, exactly. Ryan, you want to agree with Walker? I'm going to go with Shiner St. Paul as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they got – okay, first of all, they got this kid, Zach, Zach, Zachary Johnston. He's just a stud on both sides of the ball. They got him a stud on as a linebacker, and they got him a stud as a, as a running back. Um, so – I or sorry, let me rephrase that. Uh, Zach, you're saying, oh yeah, running back. Yeah, no, kid's a stud. The kid's a stud, and and by the stats, if you listen to any of the stats that you heard in the last couple of podcasts, the kid does well for himself, and I think that's something you got to look at. I got Shiner St. Paul. I think here's what I'll say: the three teams that we are, we're talking about, Shiner St. Paul, Waco, Riker, and uh, you said uh, what was the last one? You said First Baptist. Uh, yeah, First Baptist. I think those are the three teams you're going to look at when it comes down to when it comes down to it. So, yeah, those are my three. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, with all the teams we just mentioned, it's more just we're trying to give you a look at who to really hone in on for next year and what teams probably have the best chance to make a run deep into the playoffs. But with that being said, that's actually all the material we have for this episode. Uh, First of all, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas from the Texas Private School Podcast. We hope all of you are safe during the holidays and you get to enjoy that with your family during this very turbulent time. Um, Also, again, we're all over social media. We'll have that on the screen here. Uh, Please interact with us uh, through those socials. Um, That's how we got a lot of good questions for this episode and next episode. And please keep, we'll tweet it out each week, questions that you want to hear. Please respond to that and please give us feedback. Um, The more interactive this show is, the more fun it is for us and for you. And it makes it more enjoyable for everyone. But with that being said, unless there's any more comments from Walker and Ryan, I have been one-third of your hosting crew, West Hollison. Walker and Ryan have been themselves, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace.